So I have used Hawksoft for just about 15 years. And I started with them because I was a very small agency just by myself, probably had a part-time person at the time and needed an affordable agency management system that allowed me to drop and drag emails. That was the biggest reason is I was an email user. I'm a document, document, document person, afraid of E&O. And as a result, I didn't want one of those programs that I had to go browse for an email and drag it up or find it and click it. That's why I chose Hawksoft was the drop and drag feature. From there, why I stayed would be because I can actually reach a human being 97, 98% of the time that I need a human being to help me with a question or a problem. When I'm in the middle of a problem, I kind of need to fix it right now. And so submitting a ticket that says, call me back, I close at 4.30. When they call you at 4.38 and say, sorry, we missed you, I'll call us tomorrow and submit a new ticket, doesn't work for me. I need to be able to solve my problem now as quickly as I can so I can move on. And for 15 years, that's what Hawksoft has provided me with is a live person who can answer my questions on the first call the vast majority of the time. So I'm Dawn Janes Bartley. I own Minnesota Insurance Group and Aspen Insurance Group. And my why is because I can reach a live person every day of the week. Hey guys, it's Bradley. I want to tell you about Ascend. Ascend is not just another premium finance company. Ascend will solve all of your agency bill problems through automation of invoicing, premium financing, carrier payables, all the way to the end of the workflow. There's a lot of hidden costs with how you're doing business today. AMSs, CRMs can spend more than half the day chasing down payments, following up on non-pays, getting signatures for financing docs. This leads to an overworked, overwhelmed, unhappy team. And guys, you want your team to be happy. Industry's hard enough as it is. We really need them to be happy. As your agency grows, this issue gets worse and worse, and we typically solve the problem with a little bit of software, but a ton of manpower still involved. With Ascend, you can use a software-first solution and just need a little bit of manpower, allowing you to grow without significant increase in overhead. Ascend automates all of these repetitive payment processes so your team can get back to helping your clients. With Ascend, we've seen non-payment cancellations in our agency go down up to 95%. Teams save more than 20 hours per month when they work with Ascend and an average of a 75% decrease in payment-related customer questions. Guys, if people aren't calling your office with questions, you have more time to sell and grow your agency. Visit useascend.com backslash insurance, guys. Guys, Ascend makes agency bill as easy as direct bill, but you keep all of the benefits of agency bill the best of both worlds. Thanks, guys. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Hawksoft. God, I love Hawksoft. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please stand and welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. Parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you? Best I've ever been, guys. It's Monday morning. Got an outstanding guest on this podcast today. We got a lot to talk about. But before we get started, Bradley, I have been waiting 
patiently to tell this story. Bradley Flowers is at lunch with me one day, not too terribly long ago. And we start talking about a trip that he and I are about to take to go to the headquarters of Hawksoft in Portland, Oregon. And we're talking about what we're going to discuss. And Bradley, before I tell the story, I'm just going to tell all these agents out there. And I have no idea what this is about to be. So before I tell this story, Bradley, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back for just a minute. Okay. I thought that you and I together, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Sitting in that conference room with upper management from Hawksoft did about as good a job as any two agents in America could have done for give or take six hours going through with Hawksoft on how they can improve, what they can do better, how they could improve Hawksoft for people like uh, people like uh, my agency and your mm-hmm. agency that have some middle market business commercial oriented business guys we got the hay down where the goats could get to it that day it was really good it was they got some really good consulting that day because both of us poured we poured in not only that day but but a few days before of like hey this is where we're going to go with this and that sort of thing and you've got to hand it to a group like paul hawkins and shane and and rashane to be willing to listen Yep. And and I think it was Rashane that said at the end of it, he's like, you know, we, we live in an echo chamber sometimes. And I think that that really sums up a lot of, of insurance technology companies. It's you're in this echo chamber and you're you're only hearing what you want to hear and getting listening to not only your target customer, but also somebody who's not your target customer, but that can appreciate what you're trying to do, I think is super valuable. I thought we did as good a job as any two people could do of saying. This is where y'all are headed down the right road. Here's some things you could do different. Don't do that. You're going to screw it up. And I appreciate them having us out there. I I, I didn't really know the direction of how that was going to go, but I kind of felt like it was going to go that way. So here comes the story. Bradley and I are at lunch about a week before we're going to go. And we're talking about flying out there. And I was telling him, you know, flights I was taking and all that good stuff. And we start talking about flying first class. And without going into detail, Bradley kind of talks me into like, you know what? Shit, he's right. I should fly first class. But I didn't want to fly first class both ways because I'm too cheap to, you know, to buy the upgrade. So I decide, well, when we get through Hawksoft that day, I'm going to be tired. We we were taking a red eye. I think our plane didn't leave until like 10, 30 at night coming home. I thought, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to upgrade to first class. And for the second time in my life, I'm going to fly all the way home first class. Comes time to fly. Bradley and I are at the gate. We get on the plane. We He goes to his seat. I go to my seat. Can I stop you real quick? Yeah, please, please. Scott sent me his. his my, my point was, is, hey, look, it's a red eye. You know, you've been away from your wife. She's going to want you to be present that Saturday. Yep. Book a first class seat. That way you can be comfortable, sleep on the plane. Every bit, every, by the way, guys, every bit of this is making perfect sense. Everything he's saying. Yeah. They're not the laybacks, lay flats, but you can still recline, you know, whatever. But I tricked Scott because he sent me his ticket and I said, Hey, I moved my seat next to yours. That way we could snuggle. You did. And for about, for about a day and a half, he actually thought that I had done that. Uh, and I think it was right when we we're getting on the plane that you're talking about, you were like, did you really move your seat next to mine? I was like, no, I did not. Well, anyway. let me say this, Bradley. Wish you had, because here, <laughs> here comes the story. 
So I sit down in my seat, which is window aisle on the left side of the plane, window seat, excuse me, window seat. And people are coming on. People are coming on. Now we're getting towards the middle of the planes loading, you know, main one or whatever they call it on Delta. About that time, this old boy walks on the plane. And I'm sitting up kind of close to the front, you know, four or five seats back. This guy's about my age, about my size, maybe even a little bigger than I am. He's probably 6'4". Bald-headed. He had on like a master's uh, button-down shirt. Uh, had those tan stretchy pants on like lululemon stretch i call them fancy pants you know the, the the tan stretchy pants that don't have any pleats in them but they look it, it's that it's that uh what's the new term they use uh active wear yeah whatever well i'm thinking my was it right well hold on because i'm looking at him coming towards me and he's the one going to sit next to me and i thought this some bitch right here's an insurance agent look like an insurance oh. agent Sits down next to me. Now, we never say a word to each other, and he's obviously, I don't think, an insurance agent, but you can tell he's been up all day working. Well, just about the time the plane taxis down the runway and they're telling you to put your seat in its upright position and your tray tables up and all that shit because we're about to take off. Make sure you got your seatbelt on. Homeboy, homeboy decides he's going to take his shoes off. Oh, no. Now, remember, this guy's probably been working since about 7.30 that morning, probably doing a lot of walking around Portland, you know, and all of a sudden I see him, I, I'm looking at my phone, but I, I kind of glance down to my right and I see him, he takes, you know, you take your shoes off one at a time. I'm like, did, he, did this somebody just take his shoes off? So for the rest of the flight home, about every 10 minutes, I would catch a whiff of not foot odor, not foot odor, but he, he, his feet didn't stink, but it was just the smell of feet. Smelled like a damn high school gym locker when you was getting ready for football practice in about the 11th grade. Oh, about, every 10, about every 10 minutes, I'd catch a whiff of that, and it took every fiber of my being not to just look over at him and go, dude, put your damn shoes on, please. Now, I, I had always heard stories about that, but I did not know I would experience that the, the second time I was ever in first class. You know, that seat next to you was available. Was it? Because I looked at it and I was like, oh, that'd be fun for us to sit next. Well, wait, wait. Oh, we're going to be sleeping. So then I didn't do it. Right. So it makes me wonder if that's somebody that got bumped up. You know what I mean? Uh, well, let me ask you this. Do you ever get on a plane and just pop your shoes off when the when the airplane's going down the runway, I've seen I've seen people do that on like international flights. They're like eleven hours, you know. Yeah. But but no, no. Yeah. I always wear yeah. something comfortable enough that I can, you know. I, I don't want my feet touching the floor. It's not about the other people. Well, I, I just know about every ten minutes it smelled like a damn high school gym locker in there for for just a second, and then it would kind of go away, and then it would come back, and I'm like, oh my god. Congratulations, you paid an extra $1,600 to smell cheese for eight hours. 100%. Guys, we have got a very special episode of the podcast for you today. i got a good friend of mine on the show. He's like me. His life is like a real live version of The Amazing Race. And, uh, you know, there will never be an opportunity for an insurance agent in America to ever call me and go, you just won't believe this shit. That will never happen. Because... I will say, oh, I, I guarantee you I can believe it. He's kind of the same way. 
if you know if it's happened, it's probably happened to him. Uh, without further ado, now he is a podcast sponsor. I'm going to go ahead and preface that with they are a podcast sponsor, but I absolutely love having him on the show because he is so transparent. He just says it the way he feels like it needs to be said, and I'm excited to have him on the program today. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and great American, the CEO of the AC, Mr. Kenny Urbania. How are you, Kenny? Morning, gentlemen. Kenny, we got a lot to talk about today, brother. There's a lot of stuff we got to get at. Here we are. It is now the 1st of August, 2023. So we've kind of gone through the first half of the year. The last time you were on this podcast was at the very start of 2023. And we were talking about what was going on in the market and what are these carriers doing Tell our audience a little bit, because you talk to these CEOs and the upper-level management of all these carriers. Talk to our audience today and help them navigate the waters of what in the hell is going on with all of these insurance carriers today. How much time do I have? Uh hour. <laughs> not, not enough, probably. Probably not enough, yeah. Probably not enough. It's been a heck of a uh, last six months has been... An amazing time to be in this marketplace. So why don't we flip the script and uh, so I don't kill the time here and you tell me what's going on with your agencies and tell me what you're seeing and I'll verify or confirm nor deny, right? Well, I'll say this, okay? Same thing I told a friend of mine today that's getting into video and on YouTube. I said, I could say a lot. I could say a lot. But here's what I'll tell you to do. Show up, be consistent post quality content every day, learn, grow. You know, we have been on defense uh, really for two years, but especially the last six months, we have really gone on defense in our agency. Uh, let, let me ask you this question real quick. We talked a little bit before we got on this podcast. One thing I'm seeing from carriers is looks like uh, I got a notification from Allstate last week said that in North Carolina, they were lowering agents commissions on PNC, home and auto business, I believe is what it was. Are you seeing a lot of that going on? Kind of that, hey, we're about to change some compensation and we don't know about profit sharing this next year. What, what are you looking at there? So what I'm seeing is the carriers are trying to figure out how to lower their loss ratio. And I think the national average is 117 right now, Yep, which is 17 cents on the dollar they're losing. Whether the carrier is an expensive carrier to manage or even the lower expense carriers that, that keep their their spending under control, they're all averaging between 110 and 117, which means they're all losing money. So they're all looking at... I think most of the carriers that do a lot of monoline business is looking at that business not being profitable. You know, I'm an agency owner too. I don't have a lot of monoline business because I've never been, you know, that type of an agency. But the fact of the matter is, you know, is it the agent's fault that they're losing money? No, I would say 90% of the time, no. Is it the government's fault? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, is it the pricing's wrong? Hey, when a piece of plywood was eight bucks, you know, a piece four years ago, and now it's thirty-six dollars, were they able to take rate in time to cover those losses? I uh, the panic mode is set in a little bit on some of these carriers. Yeah. Well, I think what you got too is you've got a bunch of carriers that have been speeding down the interstate forever while things were good, and now they've just gotten pulled over by highway patrol. 
you know, yeah. it's it, yeah. it's easy to grow and 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 write business when 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 money's cheap and VC money's being thrown around like crazy. Now interest rates are eight, nine, ten, twelve percent, and the money's not as easy to get. And like you said, plywood's gone up and that sort of thing. We're we're starting to see the effects of that. So I think a lot of the 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 carriers that have always managed their business the right way are doing somewhat okay-ish. And then the ones that have been speeding a lot are the ones that are hurting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I We have one carrier that just laid off, I do believe, 180 employees. Uh, they've been speeding down the highway pretty good. And, uh, you know, the expense and the, the blended rate, I guess you could say, on blended loss ratio, new business is where we're hurting on our industry. I don't know if, Scott, you see that in your office. It's hard to write new business. It is. It is. So so I want to clarify something that you said earlier. We talked about that 117% loss ratio, which we're losing $17 for every dollar we bring in, right? Yeah. Let, let, let's clarify that. 17 cents for every dollar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 17 cents. My bad. Let, let's clarify that for just a second, though. Most of these carriers, yes, Maybe losing money in PNC, but if you look at the carrier as a whole, uh, with uh, financial services, life insurance, annuities, those types combined of things, ratio, other, other products that they may carry that are profitable, uh, that doesn't mean necessarily that these, uh, what I call air quotes, blue blood carriers are all about to file for bankruptcy. I mean, there's still profitability there. It's just not in the PNC market right now. Is that right? That is true on some of the carriers. Yeah, they're viable businesses. They're just trying to get to their profit margin. Right. And and I know because I have friends with different carriers across the country that are in upper management. I know that for one particular carrier that I can't mention because I haven't gotten clearance to mention that. For a while in California, the state of California just wouldn't give them authority to take the kind of rate action they needed to take to get to profitability. So therefore, they basically just cut the spigot off and said, you know what? We're just going to stop writing insurance till, till we get, can get the rate that we need to, to take. Yeah, so we, we actually saw that happening in California a couple months before the agents started getting the phone calls about not being allowed to write new business, about losing appointments. Uh, so we, we started being nimble at the AC and trying to figure out for those agents over there, it is a tough place. There's parts of Texas that are bad, throw in Florida, Louisiana, uh, New York state is the next time bomb that's happening now too. And a lot of that's caused by the legislation. Yeah. Right. And then the pot of chili that I talk about with people that is the insurance industry right now we can also throw a few ingredients in that pot, maybe even more than a few, about the cost even this year, 2023. Interest rates going up, reinsurance carriers aren't making what they were on their investments, and they have made the decision to, hey, we'll still back you. We'll still give you some coverage to, to some air cover on some of this but we're going to rip your head completely off your shoulders. I'm going to add something to that, Scott, if they can get reinsurance. Correct. But I, I do think that's part of the pot of chili that we're talking about right now as well. Would you? Would that be an accurate statement, Kenny? 
Oh, the reinsurance costs are going through the roof. Yeah. And the exposure, I mean, it's a free-for-all trying to get as much as they can right now during this market. The cherry on top of this, did you see, and I don't know if I'm saying this name right. Uh, I'm sure I'm not. People are going to rip me up on YouTube or LinkedIn. But did you see the Vestu stuff? I, I have not. So I'm going to read this. Uh, a lot of agents, I, th- I think a lot of normal everyday retail agents don't pay a whole lot of attention to what goes on in the reinsurance world. So this is from uh, Coverager. So Best 2, again, I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, uh, which is an alternative reinsurance market. This is from Coverager. Alternative reinsurance market has reportedly discovered that a Chinese investor organization was supplying it with phony letters of credit worth around $4 billion. Uh, Since the news first broke two days ago, there have been numerous rumors circulating about the startup. However, the most pressing question now is who's accountable. After all, it was only a year ago when Vestu announced that it's supplying Clear Blue Insurance Group, which backs a lot of of insurance companies, two or three that I represent, uh, supplying Clear Blue Insurance with reinsurance capacity sourced from capital market investors, totaling a sum of $1 billion. Founded in 2018, Vestu operates a marketplace for insurance-based risk transfer and investments. Basically, the way I understand it, and like a lot of the real retail agents, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the reinsurance market from a granular level. Vestu is who you would go to to get capacity, and then they would then go help get you the capacity. Last year, it closed $80 million Series C financing round. Uh, sources familiar with the company have raised question of how Vestu could sell stop-loss coverage so cheap while being fully collateralized. Basically, there was a huge... I mean, let me find the actual article. There was a huge... Um, the money wasn't there. It was a scam. Essentially. Let's see. Sorry, Johnny, I'm going to find it. I want to give the exact... Sources tell us that there will be challenging in securing replacement capacity. Cross-the-market carriers are receiving requests for complacent replacement capacity to support billions in risk and the weight of Vestu link collateral fraud scandal. Basically, they said they had collateral and they didn't, is what it sounds like to me. But if you look at this list of companies that they work with, reinsurance companies that were either propped up by them or that they propped up, I think, Scott, of the 12 carriers, eight of them were fronting carriers for MGAs I work with. Yeah. Here we go right here. So... Accelerant, Accredited America, Benchmark, Clear Blue, Core Specialty, Everspam, Incline, Obsidian, Palomar, Southlake, Spinnaker, State National, who is who Next works with, uh, Pseudo National, Topa, Transverse, and Trishura. Uh, here is from, let's see, Vestu, which connects PNC risk to public market capital, fake billions in collateral. It's basically the that's the, the sum of it. So this has to have a trickle down effect to some degree because there's a lot of carriers in there that that a lot of us see often. So Kenny, I want to get I want to let, let's talk about the hard stuff for just a second, okay? Now the vast majority, vast majority of insurance agents who reach out to me, who are podcast listeners. In fact, we had one on the podcast from Georgia not long ago that talked about the AC and how much he appreciated us, you know, you guys being a sponsor and learning about the AC through the podcast. Uh, I have had a couple of agents over the past couple of, I don't know, month, month and a half reach out and 
say things to me that I was like, well, I'm going to talk to Kenny about that next time we come on because there's two sides to every story. Actually, there's three sides to every story, right? There's your side, there's my side, and usually the truth somewhere in the middle, right? Right. So one guy reached out to me, and I, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but uh, you know, he was talking about how hard it was, even though he joined up with the AC, to get carriers. And my response to that was, well, let me, I'll get with Kenny and his new management group over there and we'll, we'll help you try to, I'll, I'll help you, you know, try to figure this out. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, going to be hard no matter how you shake this thing out to get appointments with new carriers. You still have to sell yourself. Any, any carrier you talk to, any carrier rep will tell you, well, we're not taking any new appointments right now. So you almost have to have some kind of inside relationship to even be able to get an appointment with some of these carriers talk a little bit about you know somebody joins the ac maybe y'all having a a a carrier because you got tons of carriers we're going to talk about two or three more you've added today but then you make the, the 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 connection or tell them who they need to be talking to and they're not able to get an appointment talk a little bit about that and there's some steps you guys have taken to help combat that too that right. i think you want to talk about the carrier appointments, the toughest part of the business right now, 19 and 20, we could, if you had a pulse, you can get a carrier, right? Yep. Now the blended rate for new business, they don't want new business. They bring on new agents, they get new business, their loss ratios go up, trying right. to curve that process. We do have carriers that are still appointing. Some are tougher than others. Some have shut down completely till year end. Uh, you know, my former uh, main carrier shut down till January at least before they're going to be bringing on new agents. Some carriers don't even want to aggregate premium with aggregators right now until the year ends so they can see actual loss rate trends. Uh, they don't want them joining our group and increasing their commission levels because we do have increased commissions by joining the AC. We don't charge the agents to come on board with us. There's no buy-in or buy-out with us, as, especially your clients here on the podcast. We don't even look at charging them for the first six months. We're we're trying to get them the carriers right now. We're doing our best. So what we did is the AC's nimble, right? We started another platform for agents to come on board with us. We have a brokerage platform where I negotiated better commissions for agents. And I, you know, the thousand agencies that we're cresting right now and the AC gives me a little bit of buying power through different brokerage companies. Those brokerage companies want exposure to the thousand agencies that we have here. And uh, I think we're we're over two billion in premium just in brokerage that we don't even register under the AC. So we do have some great relationships with the brokerage companies out there. Believe it or not, that market may dry up too with loss ratios very quickly too. So being nimble, uh, we we put a platform together. Agents can join the AC brokers platform, right? They join the brokers platform. There's no membership. There's no monthly fee. We get you to all the top rated brokers and we try to get you to write some revenue to keep your business liable or viable. Uh, my agency alone in Ohio I understand being the AC CEO, it's, I got to put my head down and write business where I can write business right now, preserve the customers that I have. I do believe that the carriers are gambling that the customers won't have anywhere to go. And with the rate increases, everybody shops. 
Well, the biggest carriers are losing the most money. And will the customers leave you? I hope not. Will they leave me? I'm sure they'll, they might find a carrier here and there, but they're going to see the market increasing in premiums anywhere from 30 to 60% over the next couple of years. They're going to force some shopping and the shoppers are going to find out nobody wants them. Uh, look at habitational and commercial. Scott, you're a commercial guy. That's a tough market right now for you. Yes. Uh, working with different brokers that have different programs and different plans can help the agents out. So we decided at the AC, let's negotiate for the agents. I'm going to pass it forward to them. I'm going to give everybody access to my brokerage platform. They can make money through the connections the AC made. There's no charge to be part of that. And in the future, you'll see we'll earn our value in getting you contracts in the future if you can become part of the AC and aggregate premium. Because I do believe we got 12 to 18 months of this that we got to put our heads down and try to figure out where to write business. Well, to your point that you said earlier on, Kenny, there's a lot to unpack from what you just said. But if a carrier is already not wanting to write new business, really, you know, they just kind of want to hold status quo. Hell, some of them want to reduce the amount of business they have in PNC. That's very smart, Scott. I can tell you this much. We have a carrier that wants to shrink by 5% in premium while they're raising their rates by 20%. So they want to, they want to lose 10 to 15% of their client base. Correct. The agents have to realize that the carriers want to go lean and mean and just profitable grow the growing business. So, so why would you think as an agent, if that's where that carrier's at and really Sounds to me, based on the fact I've had probably five meetings with marketing managers over the past three weeks, that's kind of the drumbeat that you kind of hear from everybody is like, hey, we're trying to keep the profitable stuff, but we want to let all the mono line, all the, the shit, all the stuff that has high, lot, high and medium loss ratio go. We're, we, we want it off the books. As an agent, why on earth would you think that they're just going to be out here? Yeah, yeah, we can appoint you and we'll appoint you. and Because you know that that, that that agent is going to be trying to do the exact opposite. They're going to be trying Hell, to put business on the books. I think my Liberty Mutual rep won the air fryer for canceling the most contracts in July. Really? Yeah. I just had a meeting with them last week. I hope week. he did, yeah. So that brings me to the next guy that, that reached out to me. And he was pissed off. You could tell by the tone of his voice or the tone of his uh, Facebook message. Signed up with the AC last year, got a $2 million book of business, didn't get a profit sharing check. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if you can expect to get much of a profit sharing check until you hit a certain level of business with any one carrier. Talk a little bit about that. like, uh, And not to mention the fact profit sharing is to, uh, what I'm hearing is it's kind of going not going away necessarily, but not what it was. Well, you know, let's talk about that. The AC shares in profit sharing from dollar one, depending on what carrier they have. It could have been a non-standard agent. And we we uh, definitely on that marketplace has been trending hot, but every carrier is trending hot. When the national average is 117% for the carriers, my job at the AC is to try to get fixed bonuses, try to get fixed stuff so the agents can budget, right? Uh, profit sharing is just that, profit sharing. There is no profit in the marketplace right now. My job is to make sure the carriers understand that it's not the agent's fault they're, they're not profitable, right? Yeah. I write good business. I haven't had a loss ratio over 50% in years. 
I think I'm at 58% on one of my main carriers this year. I've never seen that before. If you write new business, you're going to be 10 points higher on that new business than you are on your renewal book. You just have to look at the industry as a whole. We share the profit from one uh, from dollar one forward. And I think the AC has earned in the last three years almost $100 million in bonuses we paid out to the agents. Mm-hmm. So the timing for that agent coming on board might have been bad as far as that year's profit for whatever carriers he has, if they even get him aligned with us. Because we do watch our agents so that we make sure we bring on profitable agents because it affects everybody as a whole, right? Yeah. So I do review contracts every month for agents that try to join us. And they might be able to bring their Liberty or Safeco book or Traveler's book over, but not their progressive book. We don't want to bring on bad agents that's going to help hurt the group as a whole. But we also look at severity and trends. And there are agents out there, believe it or not, that historically will always be bad loss ratios. We can we can track them now. Our new software, we put in all their brokerage account, all their premium and I have monthly calls with most carriers about loss ratios and growth rates and, and how we're trending and, and which agents are having a, are hurting us and helping us, right? Uh, nobody's perfect here. You probably have many agents that are hitting profit sharing even during these, because in times like this, that's where there's opportunity too. Yeah, I, I mean, we paid out a lot this year. I think we're at, we paid out $25, 30000000 million worth of profit sharing this year. So it's it's been a good year profit sharing. But the agents are are worried, too, because they want to know what next year's contract is. I don't know what next year's contract is. I'm going mm-hmm. to wait to the last minute here to get the contracts, because I think the trend with the with the, you know, the price of insurance going up will help our loss ratio and curve some of that. So if our trend's good, you know, I have to be a salesman every year to 50 plus carriers and 50 some brokers that we deal with, right? To show them the trend and show them where their shortfalls are also, because nobody on any part of the industry right now has got a a very good beat on how to fix this. I had one carrier that predicted they'd be profitable by June of this year. They're worse off than they were last June. They couldn't get the premium per states in there quick enough. And you said something before we came on this podcast, you said the aggregators and clusters are the future of the industry. Why do you why do you believe that? Absolutely because all the carriers want the premium. They want profitable growth and they want aggressive growth, but it has to be profitable. Well, you know, you got carriers leaving states so they can come back in later so they can come into the state with the right pricing because the government doesn't let, let them get the the proper increases they need. They're all posturing to be profitable too. The agents have to realize it's not their fault. It's like I said earlier, it might not be the carrier's fault. It could be something else out of their control of supply and demand. Hell, I hit one of those elusive yellow poles in a parking lot, which was about a $5,000 claim. Normally, it was thirteen five dollars to fix my truck. Yeah. Uh, and they had it for an extra six weeks to get the parts. Yeah. The carriers are suffering just on loss of use costs. And the fraud out there is, is running rampant in certain states that it's just unbelievable. I guess my next question was going to be this. You've seen a lot of what I call almost knee-jerk reactions by carriers this year where it's like, oh, you know, they see the train's about to run off the tracks and instead of making this slight correction or, you know, doing some things that would would help, obviously, uh, man, they they just start throwing the baby out with the bathwater and all the seats off the train and Everybody gets thrown out the window. Do you feel like in the next 
year or two, I know you don't have a crystal ball. There will be some moments of, oh, shit, what have we done with some carriers where they have just let it let it all go? 100% agreed. What, what people don't understand is when a carrier shuts down the way they have, then the other carriers get all that premium, right? And then there's yeah. that selection, and all of a sudden they're unprofitable because they're getting – uh, everything that everybody gets, right? So part one was let's slow down new business. Part two was, oh, my God, we slowed down new business. The other carriers started writing that other business, and that made them shut down too. So it was a snowball effect. Right. Well, the other thing too, it's going to create a vacuum where somebody, a, a newer carrier or somebody who previously hasn't been super open is going to come in and grab all that premium. Somebody's going to buy the market there. Uh, you up for sure, Bradley. Over the next twelve to eighteen months, somebody's going to step up and buy the market. So, so one of the drum beats that I've heard from a lot of my marketing reps over the past three or four weeks has been when we start this conversation about the uh, changes that nationwide insurance has made relative to, uh, without just coming out and saying it, pretty much closing for business for right now and, and getting rid of all this stuff off the books, personal lines and commercial, every one of them will say the same thing. Do we want that business? Well, the answer is yes and no. We don't want the unprofitable stuff. We don't want the mono line stuff. But yeah, we would like to have the good stuff. If you got the good stuff that's getting non-renewed, send it our way. If it's not good stuff, we don't want it. And that seems to be kind of the drumbeat I've heard over and over and over and over again through through really every carrier I've met with. Well, let, let's talk blunt, okay? My biggest concern and my biggest problem with carriers, I understand they're losing money, right? Their communication with the agents has been horrendous. Uh-huh. The communication part that the AC tries to do with the agents, whether it's through Facebook or emails or they call me directly – uh, I'm not going to pull any punches on you. Every manager sees things different. Everybody has their own opinions. Somebody's got to come up with a plan to make a uniformed communication to the agents. My biggest complaint on carriers is how they communicate. Uh, Bradley, how many agents knew they were going to get canceled in your group or whoever you guys talk to? All of a sudden, they get an email or they get shut down. They can only write four policies a month. If they do five, they're going to lose their appointments. To me, that point needs to be clarified a little bit better yeah it wouldn't be such a panic mode if everybody understood how the carriers work all these years of them wanting us to write as much premium as we can with them the loss ratios are great blah 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 and then all of a sudden that now that nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news so at the ac i won't tell the agents uh, when something bad's coming on, I want the carriers to tell them i want to be ready for the solution and right now in the marketplace is working with the right brokers to get the coverage for your agents when they, when they need to st stay in business. Hell, I just changed our whole AC financial network. I remember in, in 08 when the market was bad and I, I did great on the financial side, selling life insurance and, and estate planning, everything else. The agents had to be a little more nimble now too. The, the, the changing of the guard, nobody's ever seen this in 29 years. What the heck do we do is most of the time the phone call I get, especially right. from California agents have called me in panic mode for the last four months, wondering if they're going to have an appointment with anybody. Well, hello there. Guys, excuse me for interrupting your regularly scheduled podcast, but I'm here today to get you out of aggregator and cluster jail. 
This may be the most important message I've ever delivered on the Insurance Guys podcast. Guys, are you a member of a cluster or an aggregator? Does your contract have exit fees, termination payments, buyback provisions? It's time to get your freedom back and do what we did here at iProtect Insurance. Join the AC, the future of aggregators in our industry. Best decision we've ever made, guys. Best decision we've ever made. No entry fees, small $200 a month membership fee, over 50 plus carriers for direct appointments. And by the way, new ones coming on board each and every month. You keep 100% of your commissions, profit sharing every year. Guys, we have made in the last two years, each year, our agency has made over $100,000 in profit sharing. Here's the best part, guys. And this is the part I'm the most passionate about. No termination or exit fees. You give the AC 60 days notice and you're free. You go get direct appointments wherever you want. There's no buyback provisions, no exit clauses. Guys, if you're a member of another aggregator and you have termination fees, buyback provisions, exit clauses, every single policy you write, you're digging that hole just a little bit deeper. And one day you're not going to be able to get out of it. It's going to be too much. You're going to be taking out a second mortgage on your home to try to get out of a cluster group. Unbelievable. Guys, go to acfree.org. That's acfree.org and register. Find out why over 650 agencies and $3 billion in premium have chosen the AC. And guys, here's the best part. But wait, there's more. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast when you talk to these guys and you get six months. That's six months of no membership fee just by mentioning the Insurance Guys podcast. Go today, www.acfree.org, and let me help you get your freedom back. Have a great day. So if I'm an agent now, Kenny, there's acquisition opportunities coming. We're already starting to see it. Uh, I think about a month ago, within a three-day span, I had two agents call me just wanting to specifically sell their personal lines book. I had another agency. Uh, it's the same size as us that called about uh, selling to us. Um, I think that's only going to ramp up in the next 12 to 18 months. If I'm an agent now, am I hesitant to do an acquisition or because of everything going on, there's obviously always the risk of acquiring an agency and then a book going bye-bye. Um, there's, you know, starting to see people out there indicating that they're in acquisitions to pick up some carriers they don't already have. And the carrier says, no, we'd rather just not renew the business. We're going to get off of it anyway. So am I, am I hesitant to do an acquisition or is now the time to do an acquisition and buy as much as you can, similar to when the economy was horrible in 08, everybody who bought real estate in 08, 09, 2010 at good deals came out really good on the other side of that. What's your take on that? I, I can tell Scott right now, right to his face, that his agency is worth less now after the last two months than what it was he could have sold at the beginning of the year. Do you agree, Scott? Yep, 100%. 
And will there be agents out there buying money? The ones that put money away and save during this time when they couldn't afford to buy the books at that six to 10 times multiple. Now they have some cash in there. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of opportunities to sell out there. Yeah. So you think buying the real estate at 60 cents on the dollar now, if you can get it at 60 cents on the dollar is is the way to go. I think you have more negotiation strength right now. Yeah. I'll just leave it that. My my issue that I've run into, we've been trying to heavily acquire for the last year, uh, is some of the multiples are a little bit skewed. They have un, unre- not the multiples aren't skewed. The multiples are where the multiples are. The agents have unrealistic expectations. They're still basing that off PE multiples from a year and a half ago. I had an agency that was 200K in revenue asked me for four times. Like that's never like you're you're not going to get that from me or a P. The only thing you're going to do with that is find somebody who just really wants it and is willing to overpay for it, even during good it's times. It's no different than the commercial real estate market right now, right? You still got a lot of people who want to sell their commercial mm-hmm. property or apartment complex or their shopping center that are basing that sales price that they have in their mind and never forget no matter what somebody is selling, their shit's worth more than your shit, right? Yeah. Every, everybody yeah. believes that. My Oh, my car is worth more than your car. My agency's worth more than your agency. So what you got is a lot of people, as Bradley just mentioned, wanting to sell an agency, looking in the rear view, rear view mirror at what agencies like theirs were selling for year, two, three years ago. And trying mm-hmm. to sell that, and that just ain't where we are, guys. It just ain't where we are. And the cost of employees is going up drastically, too. To have the right employees working for you, it's going to cost an agent more money to run those businesses, right? Right. So here's one thing we can do. I have a show coming up September 10th, 11th, and 12th down in Orlando, and I'm going to have you, Scott, as the MC down there. You know that. Yep. Um I'm I'm open to let agents come down and talk to the 71 vendors, MGAs, insurance carriers. If anybody's interested in coming down and seeing the show, I have limited space. But if anybody wants to come down there and spend some time with a bunch of agents trying to figure out where they want, because everybody's agency is different. Hell, I just did a, um, a deal with a broker that 480 of our agents had a deal with them. And they gave them a higher comp model and they were asking questions on how much the commissions are. Well, they have 480 different products, you know, or or 500 different products. I don't know what every agency sells. Come down to the show. Experience Scott on stage. And Brad, you're coming down too, I do believe. Experience the camaraderie between agents. You don't have to sign up for the AC, but come down and learn what's going on in the industry. We're going to be in Orlando, Florida, again, September 10th, 11th, and 12th. Great show. Hotel's amazing. Uh, go to jointheac.com and sign up and register and come down and spend a couple of days with me and the rest of the four or 500 agents that are going to be down there with all these vendors and brokers. There's not too many chances in, the, in this industry that you go to a show and I don't need you to listen to me on stage. You need to go talk to those. There's no way you can talk to all the MGAs, all the vendors, all the carriers in that two days that we got you guys, your attention span. So figure out what you need. Come down and experience it. I, I'm very happy to pass things forward. It's a good time. I actually rented SeaWorld on the 11th of September. And, you know, I'm being being a vet. September 11th means a lot to me, too. Uh, we have a great young lady singing the National Anthem. And, uh, 
you know, we, we have some things going on for the veterans there too, but experience it, come down and, and learn some stuff. I, I don't know everything. I try to learn as much as I can. I, the learning curve in six months has been off the chart. And I think that the time spent in front of the carriers, listening, the heads of uh, travelers speaking, the personal line head uh, for nationwide and, and just having that open communication, tell them what you need, see if they're a fit. I'll tell you something, Kenny, something you touched on. You know, when I go to conferences, I typically don't sit in the auditorium and listen to the speaker. I wait until somebody's speaking and then I go into the vendor hall. And because it's the only chance you get to have all those people together in one place and you can make some really good connections that way rather than listening to a speaker that's you've heard before. I'd much rather have them in the hallway talking to the vendors than sitting there listening to any other spiel because... I don't know, Bradley, what you specialize in, what you sell or what your main office manager wants to do, but they know. And when they go out mm-hmm. there, they who's there. I, mean, I got 71 different booths you can visit in less than 36 hours, uh, plus going to SeaWorld and eating, uh, you know, the $9 chicken wings at the resort that I pay for. The vendors need to talk to you. They need to see what the market's on. Maybe that'll, that'll help them curve the loss ratios or or get the right agents that they're looking for for their type of business. Fair to say, too, if you like some of the conversations that are going on in this podcast, this conference is somewhere you need to go. You, that's probably a much greater extension of what we're talking about here. Yeah, we had to change the name of the conference to Agency Success, right? We're doing success and succession planning down there for our agents because, you know, with the market in turmoil, what if you want to sell to Bradley Flowers? How do you figure out how to sell or work some succession planning that Bradley takes care of your family if something happens to you? And that's part of the succession planning. You don't have to buy everybody, Bradley, but if something happens, you're there for that agency. There's all kinds of ways to skin the cat. Figure it out. Everybody's different. Yeah. And if you do want to sell to Bradley Flowers, you do want to sell to Bradley. Hey, Brett, just so everybody knows, Bradley will buy everybody, right? <laughs> I'll buy everybody. Right? Yeah. Especially if you're non standard auto, especially. Sure. And a big nationwide book, a huge nationwide book. Hey, let's, hey, not to interrupt you, Scott, let's talk about that. As I learned this aggregation model, uh, the changes that are happening out there, I also learned the MA model, right? All these agents out, out there that have more than 25% of their book with one carrier are a lot less valuable today than they were yesterday. Mm-hmm. Diversify. Figure out where you're going to make your money at in premium. Run on all cylinders so you can cover your butt on the, the hard market that we're in on the personal lines. You might move a little bit more in commercial. Uh, be nimble because that's the only way you're going to survive in the long run here. And I do believe the independent agency force is growing. Uh, hard to get new agents, scratch agents appointments. Uh, I had a meeting last week where I met 36 captive agents in one day. And those 36 captive agents are being shut down by their captive carrier. How how horrible is that when you only have one access to one company for premium? They're in panic mode too. So it doesn't have to be an independent agent. Captive agent wants to come down and visit with us. They can hang out with us and listen to how the captive world works. Scott, you don't mind being an independent agent after being captive for all those decades? Choices are a good thing, Kenny. Choices are good. And not being forced to make choices is what we're about, right? I, you know, if you don't want to, if you want to go and get some handcuffs put on you and you want to give away your firstborn to get out of a contract, we're not a fit for you. If you have to understand that we're doing our best here to give you every silo and every access to carriers, 
Be patient. It's not a, it's not the AC's job to get you appointments. You have to come and present yourself correctly too. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you about it and tell you what the carriers are looking for and send you to the right carriers. But don't collect tiles. Get those relationships going. Face to face always works better. So three carriers that I wanted to mention uh, that I know you've added, Kenny, in the last couple of months. Some some very recently. The three that I know of: Honeycomb property great property carrier uh in fact we just contracted with them about a week or two ago i think bradley had already already has them uh down in i don't know if he's able to write much with them on the coast but i know he uh i remember them telling me he'd, he'd contracted with them uh next insurance which is, is if i'm not mistaken the one you see on youtube all the time with you know call next insurance and then the, the last one i wanted to mention zoom i believe was the name of it which is motorcycle uh is it motorcycle specific or does it also include atvs razors stuff like that you believe that's all on there but yeah they're they're a specialty company uh all three of those probably great yeah oh yeah and they're all i think all three of those are, are kind of technology based easy to quote quote in just a matter of seconds type of carriers and i just wanted to mention that because for you ac agents that listen to the podcast Maybe you've been busy, haven't had a chance to look into any of those three. I, I would encourage you to at least set up an appointment and listen to what they have to say. Uh, Kenny, I wanted to I wanted to ask you another another uh, preferred broker that you guys just added that I have not had time to really look into. So this is kind of a selfish question on my part. XS Broker, gotten a couple of emails from them, wanting me to sign up. Hadn't really had time to go back and listen to the webinar on those guys. Tell me a little bit about Excess Broker. So they got 125 products and probably 23 or 25 carriers. And they can put personal and commercial or just commercial? All of the above when you can talk to them about a package deal. Now, okay. everybody has their limitations, but uh, you know what? You're going to find somebody that they're going to help you find something that fits for your agency that you need. Uh, there's no minimum requirements on these brokers. They want to write business too, but that's the other thing. You know, you got requirements on the preferred carriers. Why not work with a brokerage company? And I'm going to say that bad word that you may think, Scott, but NBS is a broker that we can use too. Yep. We at the AC have now gotten a little bit higher compensation from them. You know, build a well that when the the market opens up, you can bring premium back over to the preferred carriers when they're well when they're willing and able to write the business. Right. Don't let it go out the back door. Here's my last question of the day. If an agency does not want to join the AC, but they want to join the AC National Brokerage, I can't remember what we're calling it now, but can they join that without joining the AC or is that a package deal? Nope, not a package deal. Zero obligations on memberships and fees. There is a contract because we have to have a contract with you, but we don't hold your feet to the fire. There's no monthly fee. There's nothing like that. I'm passing it forward. The deals that I'm making with the brokers help the AC members also. So the more premium we bring in there helps the brokerage platforms be more profitable, make some more money. And at the same time, it helps our AC members. In the future, you'll end up learning about the AC and you'll see why we put it together. And it just builds a pool of agents that see the value that we earned our stripes for. 100%. So before we end this thing today, I want to say this again, the agency success conference september 10th 
I believe that's opening registration, the the uh, the welcome reception, the September 11th date. You have actually rented out SeaWorld that night. That was fantastic last year, getting to walk. It's a walk, short walk over to SeaWorld. So that conference, September 10th, 11th, and 12th, is in Orlando, Florida, for all AC members. And by the way, guys, if you're not an AC member, but you just won't come down there and check everything out and meet vendors and 70 some odd vendors, there's going to be reps there from different carriers that you can meet and talk to. And if you're not going to go for any other reason, I'm going to be the master of ceremonies. Guys, guys, listen to me. If you don't go for any other reason, do you realize the crazy shit that Kenny Urbania will let me say on stage that you're just going to sit there and go, I can't believe that son of a bitch just said that. That will happen. That will happen. That happened twice last year, but that's okay. Twice. So <laughs> come down there and visit with me and enjoy your time. I think Kim will probably go with me this year again. Man, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again. Last year, it seemed like there was probably three, four, 500 agents there in attendance. Hope that everybody gets a chance to come down again this year. Bradley, I don't want to leave out that what you were about to say earlier. Please, go ahead. Oh, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. But I, I, I am, I am truthfully, you know, it seems like we're in insurance conference. Uh, we're, we're inundated with insurance conferences now. You know, I am going and I'm going because I want to. There, there's not there's not many events that get my attention. This one specifically does mainly because of the uh, it's a uh, it's more of a melting pot than other, you know, other insurance conferences you get a lot of the same people that are cut from the same cloth. You know, you go to state association, there's going to be a lot of people that are that, you know, they're, they're, they're in the, the, the 1 million to $10 million premium range, their family agencies, their main street agencies, you go to a, 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 a an applied net or a, an accelerate by Vertifor, you're going to get a lot of larger agencies that are very buttoned up and, I feel like with the AC, you get a mix of everything. You get a lot of it. You know, you get a lot of everything. You get you get some captive agents, like you said. You've got a lot of different vendors. Um, not to mention the AC is not a uh, AC is not a pale mail and steel organization. Like you guys are cool. You guys are fun. So you've got that element. There, there's a lot to offer. Not to mention Florida in September is not bad weather. So absolutely. My last sales pitch on our convention, we're limited on space. If you want to come there, go to jointheac.com and register right away so that we have room space. The hotel's fantastic. I've never been to a hotel where the staff's been there for 20 years, 25 years. It's a great place to be. The food was good, Scott. Actually, SeaWorld yep. was phenomenal last year. We had a lot of fun. And that SeaWorld happens at 5.30 after the, on September 11th. We get the whole park to ourselves. I think we had three or four roller coasters this year. So the family, it's a family event. I like when kids come down and enjoy being with family. I raise my kids on the insurance trips. Always remember, this trip isn't about the AC. This is about your agency. I don't care if you come in, sit there and listen to me talk or listen to our special guest speakers talk. Meet the vendors. Learn yeah. your agency and what you need. If there's 10 people in the room and the other five, 600 are out in the hallway, that would make my day. Hey, I want to, I want to end this by saying this. Okay. I know you're a lot like me, Kenny. You've had a lot of changing. You've had, you've had a lot of changing going on this year, Kenny. 
lot of changes, a lot of, a lot of things that have water run under the bridge. I was very impressed with, I believe his name was Randy Cross, agency owner down in Texas, and the Crane. three other guys. Uh, I'm sorry? Randy Crane, right? I'm sorry, Randy Crane, my bad. I was very impressed with Randy Crane and the rest of the team that you have brought in to help you manage and grow the AC. And and one of the things I was the most impressed was I think every single one of them is an agency owner. So as I'm talking to them, they're all shaking their head because they're like, yep, build the same thing. Yep, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I was very impressed with that. I uh, I'm excited for you to have that group behind you pushing – you know, and, and getting things done. And I think y'all are, y'all are definitely headed in the right direction. You'll be even more impressed when you meet the other 25 that join the team also. Yeah, I'm sure I will. The team has grown uh, tremendous, all on the same page. All egos are left to the side. Yep. We want to build something that's even bigger than the fifth or sixth largest aggregator in the country we've become over the last couple of years. Here, here. We're all agents, helping agents, right? That's it. That's it. Guys, I'm going to shut this thing down. Kenny, thank you so much for being here, brother. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Brad. I'll see you guys in, what, five weeks from now. That's it, guys. You are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And as I end every episode, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go out and become the mayor of the village that you live in. I don't give a shit if you've got to fix somebody's watch. Show them where to go to get their damn tires done on their vehicle. Who to call to get their tax work done. You're going to have to diversify. You have got to be there for your clients in any way possible and let them know that you are the insurance guy or girl in their community, whether that's through social media, whether that's through going to city council meetings and all the other stuff you can do. Some of y'all are doing a great job of that, and some of you aren't. But I can tell you when you're going to know whether you are or not is the next time you run into a buddy of yours and they go, oh, man, I just I just bought a house and had to have insurance. I completely forgot you were in insurance in, in the insurance business, Scott. That is like somebody shooting me in the chest with a 45 caliber pistol when they do that. It breaks my heart. Not anything to do with them. It's my fault. I haven't done enough to become the mayor of my village for them to go, just bought a car, know who I need to call, Scott Howell. So go make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents and your in-laws that are out there struggling today. Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, guys. Kenny, we love you, too. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family. We'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com. Or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. 
Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.